We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. This is No Deep Dives, a Flex Mommy podcast. Quick disclaimer, I often want to make a point to talk about ideas and not people, but I think in order to understand some of these ideas, the people are a really good framework. Also, I'm going to mention a specific religion and it might come across a bit inflammatory because of the subject matter, but just know that I'm not intending to discuss the intricacies of this said religious group, but rather delving into the reaction towards people who may or may not be a part of this religion. If you're referring to Nara Smith's content as Mormon propaganda, I just know you're borrowing your personality and your takes straight from the For You page. Because those two words and that phrase did not exist in your lexicon until people were making hot takes about her. I, like many, have been quite entranced by Nara Smith's content because it's not unfamiliar or too different to anything else we've seen on the internet. Pretty woman living an exceptional life in exceptional circumstances, doing something that we couldn't do. And so we look at it with a sense of confusion. How is it possible? How is it possible that she would be able to be a mother and a wife and to make food from scratch and do it in a pretty dress and be beautiful and be a model and be dating a model and have all this time to make content and engage with her audience? It's impeccable. What I find more interesting is the way that audiences are responding to her doing so. It's not the first time we've seen someone do that. So why are people now calling this in particular Mormon propaganda? I definitely saw Nara make a few days in my life where she would do her journaling and she would say that she wanted to start her day. And if she didn't do her journaling and read her books in a specific order, she wouldn't feel like herself. And someone with an eagle eye noticed that she had the Book of Mormon. And when she was questioned about her Mormon beliefs, she was kind of vague about it and said, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. Not really my thing. But people who've done their research know that her husband, Lucky Blue Smith, is a devout Mormon. And so one might assume through marriage to him, she's now converted. I don't know if you can convert to Mormonism. I don't know how it works. But I do know that people have been quite vocal about the deliberate racism that has threaded its way throughout the Mormon religion throughout time. Again, I don't know the specifics. I'm not really sure it matters in this context. Now, initially when Nara Smith started popping off, people were just amused, bemused, curious, and I guess it was aspirational in a way, but that has quickly turned into a sense of, I want to say disgust is up there, but just people are really bewildered, absolutely just in shock. Like the, the dots are not connecting for them. It's no longer an aspirational curiosity. It's a discomfort. How is she doing all of this? How has she designed this lifestyle for herself? It doesn't fit. It doesn't connect. It doesn't make sense. All I'm seeing when I consume her content is social media isn't real. Instagram versus reality, TikTok versus reality 101. To me, honestly, this is a nod to 2010, 2012 social media where people were literally dressing up, driving an hour to take a photo in front of a pink colored wall to give the impression they were living a cool lifestyle except in video, so there's an extra step, or three. Also, this is not to say that her brand isn't contributing to Mormon propaganda, because it has been said that using social media as a tool of conversion is pretty big in the LDS church. I don't know personally, it's just what's been said. And I can imagine the broader picture, having an aspirational lifestyle paints would probably be more appealing to most people than scripture. 
Also, I'm not going to say that her videos are inherently satirical and she's just one edgelord trying to rile us all up. But the video that's definitely had people freaking out is the one about her making her toddlers a grilled cheese sandwich. When I asked my toddlers what they wanted for lunch, they both wanted a grilled cheese. So that's exactly what I got started on. I got started by making my bread. This is a really simple, no need recipe. I combined some milk, citric acid, and rennet in my whey. The kids love pesto, so I made a fresh basil pesto by putting some basil, pine nuts, some garlic, a splash of lemon juice into my food processor and blitzing it while slowly adding some olive oil and then I finished it off with some Parmesan cheese. Then people go on to say that Nara Smith is perpetuating trad wife ideals. I mean, we can observe that from the content that she's making, but is she really? Because a trad wife, which is short for traditional wife, refers to a woman who adopts a lifestyle and role within her family where traditional gender roles are emphasized, right? So it is homemaking and child rearing, supporting the husband, all that stuff. But what makes this a non-traditional dynamic is she works, she's a model, but also she is working as she makes this content for her 2.7 million followers. That is a job. Content creation is a job. That aside though, we can definitely see in her phrasing, there is this undertone of wanting to be a perfect wife to her husband, wanting to be available to him, wanting to be helpful, wanting to take pressure off his plate, wanting to do what a quote unquote good wife does. Some people say, well, perhaps she's being a modern trad wife. Is there such thing as a modern trad wife? I feel like it's one of those titles where you're all in or all out. Otherwise, I'm gonna start having to look at people in conventional heterosexual relationships who in subtle ways play out gender roles as being trad wives. And I mean, I don't know if that's what we're doing. We can't really talk about trad wifery without talking about white supremacism, without talking about far right ideals. And you keep managing to just like skip over all of that. The thing I find really frustrating about people observing Nara Smith's content is it all gets kind of boiled down into this is so fictional and it's so fantastical and it's not in the realm of possibility. And for that reason, she's perpetuating a harmful narrative to women. Whether or not that is true or untrue, what is it about social media influencer content that has not been fantastical, that has not been fictional, that has not been perpetuating harmful ideals to women? You're making it seem like this person, this woman is the first person to have done it. And realistically, she's in her kitchen cooking. I can see how some dots are being connected with Nara, number one, potentially being Mormon or potentially practicing Mormonism. But you mean to tell me, you see a pretty girl make pretty cooking content. The basis of it is unattainable. And the two words that came to your head was Mormon propaganda. You're a liar. You're lying. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. That's not what happened. I, I don't want to be the person who says it, but I feel like it's a brand new year and I'm going to have to say it. Some of you have got to check the misogynoir. Anybody who's really been on TikTok knows the original alleged Mormon propagandaress is Ballerina Farm. We watched her during COVID churn butter, make bread from scratch, have eight kids, homestead. We all remember after months and months of Ballerina Farm making bread in her cast iron oven, she got one too many questions and eventually had to reveal that that is in fact a $20,000 oven. Did it confuse a few of you who were so convinced she was just a regular woman? 
homesteading and looking after her eight children? Or were you more confused when just days after she gave birth, competed in a pageant? Sis was still bleeding, competing in a pageant. Sis does Pilates on her TikTok wearing Mormon undergarments. But nobody's saying there's Mormon propaganda there. Nobody's saying these are unrealistic, fictional, fantastical things. Let me correct myself. Plenty of people are saying so. But the fact is there is some selective outrage that is emblematic of misogynoir. We just accept the content because something about this, I'm going to say it, white woman living an exceptional lifestyle wasn't confusing to you. And it didn't feel like propaganda when she was raising eight children on a farm, just cooking every day. I think it's because Ballerina Farm is dressing the part. She's wearing the apron and she's got the flower dust everywhere and she's kind of disheveled. So it's kind of accessible. But Nara doesn't come onto the internet looking less than perfect. I just think that the explanation of why it's rubbing people the wrong way is empty. It's void of true reasoning. Say what you wanna say, cause it's not adding up. The other thing that I find really interesting is when people are like, okay, well, the reason why Nara Smith's content is definitely Mormon propaganda is because she is a woman cooking in the kitchen, looking exceptional, giving us the impression that she does not suffer and that all we can see of her is this life that she's curated that tells us all that she does is wake up, cook for her husband, cook for her kids, clean for her husband, clean for her kids and go to bed. But she has shown us that she works and she has shown us that she has a full life doing other things. When I'm analyzing the situation, I can't help but make comparisons between other really popular, famous TikTok content creators who, for the most part, only exist in the kitchen in the eyes of their viewers. Emily Mariko. She didn't really get too much bad feedback on the internet until she tried to sell you an 100 and something dollar tote bag and that's when all hell broke loose. But if we're saying the women in the kitchen stereotype is so damning, I would argue that the one who doesn't speak, the one who is effectively mute, aside from cooking meals in the kitchen for her and her partner, is a worse depiction than what Nara Smith is doing. But I feel like the real pressing issue is not the action, it's the appearance. It's I don't like to see a dressed up, doled up woman play the part because it feels like what you're saying is if a woman is going to play the part of a traditional wife in any means, then it needs to feel and look like malicious compliance, even when it isn't. It needs to feel like they're doing it, but they don't really want to do it. And so if they don't wear makeup and if they appear somewhat disheveled, they're more trustworthy also, I don't want to be the person who's like, we've got bigger fish to fry, but we have bigger fish to fry. This girl is not your real enemy. We are all victims of patriarchy. Stop! <laughs> Why are you doing this? I was telling Sarah earlier about Ballerina Farm and how she had given birth two weeks before she competed in a pageant. In this article, by the New York Times, it says, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Miss Neilman, occasionally references her faith, but her posts are not overtly religious. Neither does she weigh in on political candidates or the issue of the day. Her TikTok and Instagram work is characterized by a can-do attitude, presenting a woman who is not afraid to roll up her sleeves and get her hands dirty on the farm. Part of the critique that people had for Nara Smith is that it feels like 
trad wife and Mormon propaganda because it's so subtle and it's so uh, covert that anybody could be watching that and slowly getting indoctrinated and not even know. Yet when Ballerina Farm does it, it's showing that she is not participating in propaganda because she's not overt about it. And then what about Nara Smith makes her more likely or more apparently participating in Mormon propaganda than someone like Ballerina Farm. And the point is not about either of these people and please don't make it about them. My point is we are going to have to start to learn the consequences of borrowing takes and not understanding what they mean. I don't wanna be the person who yucks someone's yum and says, oh, why are you even talking about this? Because I like to talk about things that don't matter to a lot of people. However, in this context and on the medium of TikTok, it is not unusual. It is not out of the ordinary. It is not weird for a person to be presenting a version of themselves or their lives that is entertaining, accessible, digestible, easy to, easy to consume, and for the average viewer, not in the realm of possibility for their lifestyle. Now, when we start throwing the words propaganda around, it's when you gotta be careful. Or let's start throwing the words around, but we have to start throwing them around. Everyone gets painted with a broad brushstroke. The next time I see a girl boss have an amazing million dollar day, I'm gonna to have to get in her comments calling this neoliberal feminist propaganda. And we don't want that. <laughs> we don't want that. We want the internet to be fun. And it can be fun. What we need to be doing is critiquing the things that are obviously unjust. You'll scroll past the most heinous things on your newsfeed, the most obvious crimes, the most obvious injustices and pretend that you're neutral and that it doesn't move you. But something that is so deliberately intended to be entertaining is now where you want to exercise. Would we be harsher about Ballerina Farm if she showed up to the internet in a way that we deemed was unattainable? Her in a full pageant garb, you can see the silhouette of her very small frame. She's doled up to the nine, so the beauty is really shining through in a deliberate way. Or when you see her in her linens and her aprons, though she's doing something exceptional, the misogyny in you says, well, she's just in the kitchen and anyone could do that. Therefore, not that bad, right? She's been in the same pair of clothes the whole week. She's just like me. That is how propaganda works. It's insidious. You think that by looking at this exceptional person do something exceptional, cloaked, inaccessible, that that could be you. Why do you think that every time a celebrity, an actor, an actress, a musician has to do a press run, they lead with whatever makes them feel more relatable? Because being exceptional is offensive to a lot of people. You need to dull the sting with something that makes the viewer feel that on their best day, they could be you. And that is just not the fact. We are seeing that play out so clearly. We have seen some of the most antagonistic characters and caricatures on the internet get away scot-free. We've seen the most vile people come onto the internet and make it an uncomfortable place to be in and get away scot-free. You take away the fact that we would have happened to see this person share some kind of religious belief. And mind you, the way this religious system has looked towards black people, if this person were to announce that they were Mormon, 
you could easily say they're still a victim. They're making her look like the poster child of a belief that she hasn't advocated for. And the, like the worst parts of this religion or this belief system have existed before this person and will impact this person way more than you. You are lucky that you have the benefit of just being a viewer to this content. You are lucky you have the benefit of not being indoctrinated in something like that. So you can look at it from the outside and say, gosh, I'm glad that isn't me. But how can you look at someone? How can you truly say, I'm observing someone who could particularly be in a harmful situation, right? Like if we're looking at historically what a trad wife dynamic is, it's not the most safe environment for an emancipated woman, but how can you look at someone who you think is a victim with so much vitriol anyway? Your politics are telling on yourself. Anyway, Sarah has made a good point. It's so gross that after all of this, we're still making it about appearance because all we have to go off is the presumptions of what we think we're seeing. This is not a don't critique women thing because it is not even that. It is never a don't critique women thing. But I need people to recognize when the call is coming from inside the house, a few key Sherlock Holmes and Agatha Christie's have put together a narrative that suits the parts of us that want this to be sinister. And even if it is sinister, again, there are real sinister things happening in front of our eyes with real solutions, real call to actions. But somehow we're pulling all our energy and effort in trying to un uncover a tall tale. And even if that tale is true, right? Even if we find out tomorrow that these people are participating in Mormon propaganda, you're still watching. I feel like we all need to practice looking at the intersection of the media that we're consuming. Oof, there it is. This is one of those conversations I wish was a live stream. I need to talk to people about this. If you haven't already, follow, subscribe and give the podcast a five-star rating. We will definitely be talking more about this in our Slack community. You can join via the show notes. Miss you already. Bye. This is No Deep Dives, a Flex Mommy podcast.